Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Uh, I want to talk now about energy sustainably, sustainability and the safeguarding of our coastal regions, which has never been more important. And to chat through what's been done here and elsewhere and how we can protect our coastal regions for future generations. I'd like to be joined by Stephen Dunn. He's the editor of Renews, Europe's most prestigious renewable energy trade publication. Also joining us is Kieran Farrell. He's the COO at Aqualicense. It's a Wicklow-based business that provides consultation, legal compliance and project delivery services to firms in the aquaculture and offshore renewable energy industries. And you're both very welcome to the programme. Sorry about that relatively long intro. (laughs) We might start with you, Stephen. Would you maybe set the scene for us about renewable? Because... Some people are confused about offshore, onshore, how much uh, of our electricity is generated by wind every month. Mm-hmm. Give us a kind of a high-level scenario of what is actually happening. Sure. Well, over the last decade to 15 years, the onshore wind industry has really taken off significantly. And now supplies around 40% of our electricity needs in Ireland. Um, for many years, that was the target and nobody ever thought the sector yeah. would get there. But I think due to a supportive policy regime and also a strong can-do attitude in the industry, the industry got there. Yeah. Um, so we're quite a a leader when it comes to the amount of power on our grid from intermittent sources of power. Are we? We're, I think we could possibly be number one in the world when it comes to the level of intermittent renewables power on our grid. But um, we have a long way to go if we're to really deliver on what is sort of commonly referred to as net zero, which is, a, a, you know, an entirely renewables run electricity system. Yeah, so everything coming from wind, solar, wave, whatever it is. And if we look as well about the difference between onshore and offshore, uh, Stephen, just for a second. And, you know, I, just I'm speaking personally here, but... You know, when I sail out there by the Arklow Bank, I'm actually liking the sight of the windmills there. I think they, they're they not offensive to me in any way. But if I look at them, you know, in a beauty spot, wherever, you know, across uh, somewhere in, in, in the west of Ireland or in the south of Ireland, I'm saying offshore is a much better proposition just from that perspective. Sure, I, I think there's there's arguments for either side and, and you regularly hear them. I think for to really unlock scale and, and large scale power generation of a gigawatt or more, you know, you really need to go offshore. Right. And in order to provide also um, a, a more constant source of power, you need to go offshore because the winds are stronger, they're yeah. more regular. And, and so just on, before so. we, we bring in uh, Kieran, what about the cost. We talked about it earlier. Should we just suck up that cost and go offshore? Well, I think developers would say that if they had the right policy levers in place on planning permission, on the grid, on route to market, if the government got their act into gear on that, they could deliver for a lot cheaper. Okay. Um, I think that would be their argument. And I think to be fair to them, over many years in international markets, which I've been writing about for 10 years or so, 
developers have proven that they can actually build massive offshore wind farms quite cheaply, wow. even competing with onshore wind and getting close to solar. So with the right policy moves, I think developers have that track record. That's very interesting to hear. Uh, our next guest is Kieran Farrell, the CEO at Aqualicense. Uh, wind farm and aqua consultancy based out of Wicklow here. You better tell us what the business does first, Kieran, just so we understand uh, where you're coming from, if you yeah. would. Aqualicence was formed in 2019 by local lady Kate Dempsey from, from Arklow. Uh, we set it originally to support the aquaculture industry through the licensing process. Thereafter, over the last year or so, we've morphed into offshore renewables and helping uh, both developers and investors so as navigate the the legislative process, the forced licensing, etc. Okay, it, 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 and I, I don't, I don't want to oversimplify things here, but it, it seems to me uh, at at arm's length to be a, a tremendously complex, and I would suggest frustrating process for for all the parties. I think it can be. Uh, I think it's pretty well defined how you progress from. The, the start to the end phase. With the formation of MARA, which is a new government body, that should be more simplified going forward. We'll have marine area consents. Um, so I think it has been quite uh, quite difficult up to this point. But from this point onwards, and the, the phase one projects, as they're called, have gone through the new process now. And the, the, the later ones will go through that process thereafter. So it should speed up uh, quite a bit uh, going forward. Okay. No, we, we heard one of our guests earlier saying that you know, a planning permission here has actually lapsed, you know, that somebody went through the whole torture of, 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 of a potential development and now they're going to have to start all over again. Yeah, the new regime is that the MAC regime is designed to phase all that out completely. Uh, so once you get your marine area consent, it'll, it allows you to, to work in that area for expanded period of time and build out accordingly. Um, just maybe just tell us a little bit about uh, aquaculture. What, what business is involved, what is actually aquaculture? Aquaculture is, is basically uh, fish farming. Right. That's uh, kind of in, in the simplest term. And one of the things we're, we're working quite closely, given our, our background is, is aquaculture and, and fish farming, we want to try and integrate fish farming into offshore renewables. We believe they can be good bedfellows. Um, and I think the whole thing about making the whole regime work is to consider the existing users, the other, the other marine traffic, the fishermen, the local communities, and to make a legacy for, for us in, in all of this process, we need to consider all parties. And when we look at that vision that you've just sort of outlined there, would that be where you'd see a fish farm and a series of, of wind turbines on the same site? Is yes, that really that's, the idea? That's potentially what, what, what will, will happen. That's what we, through our, our kind of, uh, we've also got an office in, in Port of Galway, and we're supported by our office here at Local Enterprise Board in, in Wicklow as well. We want to work on all sides of the country and work with all parties as well and help developers get to that end point. Okay. Uh, last word to you, Stephen. Again, you've been writing, as you say, about this sector for the last 10 years or so. What's next? Where do you see this going? Will we end up with sizable offshore farms? Will we look at, is, is offshore going to displace onshore? I presume once turbines have been built, they have an infinite lifespan, so they're not going to be going anywhere. Yeah, well, I think the government have made it a priority decision that they will back offshore. But really, in order to get to the levels that the country needs to hit the targets that Europe and our government have set, our government really need to 
sort out uh, the main areas of policy uh, on planning, on grid and on route to market. There's so much uncertainty across each piece at the moment that we could spend an hour talking about it. But uh, unless we really get to that point and, you know, a developer, for example, Kieran mentions uh, the, the Mac system, a developer still can't actually submit a planning application yet. You know, the system, the Seems legislation has been enacted, but the developers can't submit it yet. I mean, you know, we really need to get our skates on because okay. these these wind farms take years to plan, yeah. to develop and to build. And we're competing on a global scale for all the resources that go into building. Okay. Well, the complexity of it as a, as a, a layman is, I think, almost overwhelming. But it's great to see it as a as a sector and it's great to see the potential there and hopefully we can actually maximise that potential for the good of one and all. Uh, so uh, thanks to my guests, Stephen Dunn, editor of Renews and also to Kieran Farrell of Aqualicense. Uh, thanks for explaining what is quite a complex subject but uh, I'm certainly very interested in all. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.